You're listening to the Great to Greater podcast with Tiffany Rufino, where we talk about all things business and life. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Tiffany Rufino, and I am here with Jeff Rufino. And there's a reason why I didn't call you a special name is because we don't have time for that today. Yeah, we are in a rush, apparently. No, we're not in a rush. There's something else I want to do. Oh. Yes. So I just wanted to, because I missed this opportunity the last time, uh, shout out a a couple of people um, that have reached out through social media. There's a lot of you that have, but uh, they kept the excitement going with the podcast. They shared their thoughts uh, or they made suggestions or they've been tagging me in videos. And um, so it's just a handful that I wanted to shout out because otherwise we would have a whole episode of reading, you know, like the credits (laughs) from a film so thank you so much to Kristen, doug tabitha giovanni Brittany, stephanie and one of our new listeners jessica for your feedback for your suggestions for your thoughts and ideas on um different things such as just even being a new listener or tagging me in videos about quiet firing and different um, experiences other people have had or making suggestions about uh, mental health in the workplace or suggestions about how to make a safe place for employees in the workplace so that they can come to you about anything that's going on, whether it's bullying or, you know, situations that they have going on at home that affect their mental health and performance, just, uh, and overall sharing the podcast and liking and subscribing. We thank you. We appreciate you. I know that there are thousands more that are part of our family and we thank you guys for, uh, just enjoying this ride with us because it's, it's a great time. And the other exciting, super exciting part is that this podcast is now available on all podcast platforms, including the major ones. I wish we had like a, yay, like a sound thing. Um, but the major ones, we have Apple Podcast, we have Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, we have Amazon Music, we have Audible, we have Google um, Podcasts. Who else is on there that I'm missing? I think that's the major Deezer, ones. Uh, Overcast, like Stitcher, Stitcher, yes, all the things. So there's no reason for anybody not to be able to listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hit that subscribe button, and heck, hit it on, hit the subscribe button on all of them. Yeah, why not? And definitely uh, add some likes to the show. Um, you know, if if you're liking what we got, and join the conversation on TikTok with. Uh, the names that I just read, um, you know, join in. I'd love to see the suggestions. I'd love to be tagged in videos that you think uh, apply or that we should delve into. Uh, I'd be excited to see some new thoughts and ideas. Yeah, send all your feedback on down. We are, uh, we really do want to interact with everybody and we are um, anxious to hear uh, your interaction. And one of the things that we would really love to do is to do live streaming of our shows in addition to what we already post on Tuesdays. In order to do that on TikTok, um, the TikTok profile has to be at 1,000 followers, and we are quite a ways from there as far as TikTok goes. So if you are able to just share with friends and family and ask them to join the underscore IO underscore shrink at TikTok uh, and definitely follow that page. It would be 
really exciting to just continue growing this part of the podcast and adding more shows and being able to uh, comment with you guys in real time. Um, I got nothing to add to that except for I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> well, thank you for your addition to the conversation. We appreciate it. So today we are talking about, it's, it's going to be partially about dress code, but in reality, it's more about the impression of how you dress. Um, and I think we're going to bring this to not only in the workplace, but also outside of work um, for when you're in public doing whatever you're doing. Um, this conversation came up. Now, you guys know I've shared this with you before that Jeff and I don't sit there and, and we don't script out podcasts. Usually I have a, a plan of, you know, ideas that I want to talk about on the podcast and we go over the ideas and then we just save the conversation for later to keep it organic. And then the plan gets in interrupted because something new happens in the world or there's something that catches our ear or there's something that I heard and it just starts spiraling in my brain and I'm like, okay, so forget the plan. Uh, this is really important and I think we should discuss. And what happened was is that there's a rapper that some of you may know, LL Cool J. James Todd Smith, for those Ladies of you who Ladies love know, Cool J. Who really, really know. <laughs> and he is one that has been in the music industry for quite a long time and set a lot of standards, but also a lot of trends. Uh, he's been in different platforms of media as far as like hosting shows, award shows, um, you know, contest shows uh, on top of what he already does. Um, he, he's known for wearing Adidas. You know, Adidas is one mm -hmm. of his things. The Kangol hats was like a trend. I think I mentioned that a couple podcasts ago about, you know, wanting to bring that back. Um, he had he used to wear like a big heavy rope gold chain and then just like a, an Adidas tracksuit and the Kangol hat that was like a look for him for a while. And then he brought his rap music into R&B and then, you know, went into other areas of media and kind of stepped away from making more. Uh, do we say records? Do we say albums? Making more music? Do we just keep it at that? Yeah, yeah. let's keep it at music. OK. For the uh, gen. On a whatever's. side note, somebody said, um, remember how tape decks used to have the A side and the B side, and that's why they had to come out with CDs. Oh, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, he has been, um, the other thing about him is that he's not really into a lot of, or really at all, uh, negative stuff. Like, you don't really hear a lot of arguments with him. There were a couple of people that tried him. Um, you know, it, but that's like the normal rap stuff. But as far as like, you know, um, really high getting into drama. Yeah. Or, you know, getting arrested or having like all that stuff. Like, you don't hear that about him. Um, he either has fantastic PR people or he's just not like that person. That was never his brands. That was never like his style. Um, I mean, the LL stands for ladies love. It's not like he's out there trying to knock people out or, well, wait, he did have mama said knock you out <laughs> so i mean but that wasn't a song it's not like he's sitting there knocking mamas out so <laughs> um anywho so he i guess there was no i don't guess i know this there was a dj that made a proclamation on social media i don't know why famous people are doing things on social media and not like thinking twice about what they're doing 
Um, and I don't know where their PR people are. Um, I'll keep that person out of it. Uh, anywho, this DJ started going in on old school, uh, I'm going to say rappers for this specific case, in that they don't, they're not showy. They don't show their wealth in how they represent themselves, that they're not showing um, the, they're not flossing, right? Yeah. They're not rocking like the diamonds and they're not dripping in the jewels. Um, they're not showing their riches or how famous Cars they are. Cars and mansions. Yeah. And, you know, like, MTV's cribs, that lifestyle. Right. And that they're not upkeeping what um, rap used to be and, and the flashiness of it and that they really shouldn't be in the industry or, or continuing on in the industry or considered um, somebody that contributed to the industry if they're not showing what they made off the industry based on how they look. And LL, um, who is not one, as I was trying to say before, uh, that has really shown himself to be angry in any commentary that I've seen him on, uh, unless it was like in a battle rap or things like that, you know, where that sort of thing. He, he started a video, um, responding to this and, you know, he explains what he was responding to and why, and he didn't name the person, although Jeff and I are aware of who made this comment. Yeah. And we're not going to name them either. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think LL was very respectful Although you could tell that he was feeling disrespected by all the contributions that he made to music and the fact that just because it's not represented in this person's opinion, in his appearance and his lifestyle, that it means that he didn't make a contribution because he's not reflecting that in his appearance and his lifestyle. Like he's not showing everybody what he's doing. And more so for his like, because LL is still doing things like he's still hosting <laughs> i see what you did there one of his songs doing it and doing it and doing it well <laughs> um but it's gonna be a punny more show for his colleagues <laughs> he is um I, I felt like he was kind of defending his contemporaries because some of them still live in their old neighborhoods like mm -hmm. they they but when they're there they're contributing and they're doing you know i mean we'll get to that but i, I really think that he took he took offense to the fact that the insult was coming at the people that he came up with. That they all built this city, right? You know, mm -hmm. it's it's that kind of thought. What's here's irony for me is at the same time um, or the same day rather that I, I catch this video, Netflix releases a show called The Bling Ring, which was about a group in the not the nineties, the early two uh, thousands that went around when MTV Cribs was around and when all these, you know, um, starlets and, and like, you know, you got Paris Hilton, you got everybody from like the Hills and all that sort of stuff. When they're showing their stuff on MTV, this bling ring went around and was stealing from them because they showed so much off that they had that this group figured out ways to go ahead and rob them. And, you know, I can see why celebrities are like, yeah, I'm not going to show all this stuff off. You know, like I think of Kim Kardashian showing off her jewelry and then she gets robbed in Paris. You think of, um, a, there was, a, I forgot who it was and I apologize, but you know, either way, there's, there's people that die, celebrities that die, even upcoming rappers that are showing off their, 
you know, jewelry and their wealth um, that are are getting seriously hurt. So I'm like, why does that reflect who that person is or how successful they are? And when I think about it, let's start in the business world. Should you dress for the job that you want or should you dress for the job that you have or should it matter? Um, I love that expression, but I've never used it to talk about clothes. I've always used it to talk about, you know, job performance. Like, mm-hmm. should you perform at a level? But I know that's not what we're talking about today. Well, we talked about that, right? Yes, like, you know, correct. should you perform at what you were hired for or should you go above and beyond hoping that you get hired for something else? And that lead, I'll start going into what our, one of our next podcasts will be about. So. <laughs> but, but in that regard, it, it actually works because if what you want is to be who you, you know, in the, in the spot that you're in, then... You don't have to do anything more. You can dress for the job that you have in your job performance. And if you do want to go above, then you do go above and beyond. But as far as dress goes, I think there's a lot of nuance. There is, because it. I think there's, there's black, white, and gray when you come to uh, the decision-making on that. I think that if you're applying for a job that is... Maybe not a manager position, but it could be anything underneath that, you know, like a a supervisor position or anything else that how you um, go to the interview is what you should be expected to show up as every day. Like not in the same clothes, but if you are looking to impress in order to get that position, then how you show up with the intention of impressing somebody or to show that you're well put together and that this is what they could expect from you um, for the role, then that should be your standard. You just set that standard. And when you're hired, part of that is part of the look, right? That you understand like that you have to be presentable for clients or for, you know, whatever area you're going into. And really that goes for any position. Like I know I said, you know, anything under management, but I also think that at the same token, when you go for higher roles, when it comes to management or, um, you know, you have like regional and then you go up from there or sea level, that sort of thing, that um, I don't think you have to wear all the diamonds and all the gold and all the silver because I think I think sometimes that's um, it's a game, right? It's like, oh, they got all this all these jewels so I could play around with the salary because they got it. They're not like really worried so much about the money. Right. But then if you go in there and you're kind of just plain and not like looking to impress, you just show up as maybe Steve jobs would have, you know, in a black turtleneck and jeans and you go for the Mm -hmm. interview for a C level role, you haven't earned the right to them in their eyes to show up as though you don't, not that Steve jobs didn't care, but at that point he didn't have to care. Right, because people wanted it, the at product. Least about the, at least about the clothes. Um, and there's this, that's what I, actually what I was going to bring up is that it also depends on your industry and knowing your audience. Because you bring up Steve Jobs, but if you think about a lot of the, uh, a lot of the CEOs in tech, they dress very informally today. You know, you don't see, like, if you, if you look at the, the CEOs for banks, they're dressed in a specific 
You want you want somebody that looks like they know how to manage your money when (laughs) you know at a bank. Like if I see some coming out in in jeans and a turtleneck, I'm gonna be like, um, yeah, I'm gonna think like uh, the Rock in his high school picture because that's what that looks like (laughs) to me. And maybe not too much. Like you don't want them to look like a car deal. I mean, not to say that car dealer or whatever. You don't want to look them to look like a con con artist. Yeah. If they are uh, managing your money, but then in tech, you know, you're you have a whole bunch of uh, companies that that want to put forward this very casual but very hip, very um, I think ahead or I'm very we're not very formal here. No, you know what? I'm gonna take a, a sharp left turn on this conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, you and I love to watch the September Apple stuff when they come out with like all the new tech stuff, and they have like people from Apple that come out and they talk about you know like all the different. Um, I don't know, you know the terminology for this stuff, but they talk about the products and then they talk about all the things that come with it that are great. However, the men dress more casually than the women do. The women show up differently than the men do. So I don't think it's a tech thing. I think there's a gender difference there. Interesting. I mean, I think that might be worth looking into across all of tech. Well, think about it. You have the guys coming out in jeans. They got their shirt untucked. Um, or they have like a button down, but a couple of buttons are undone at the collar to show, hey, I'm hip, I'm cool, I'm, you know, I think I'm like Austin Powers doing the Macarena. Um, oh, no, it was Dr. Evil that did it, and he tried to like, yeah. show how cool he was to his son, Scott. Anyway, um, but the women come out in like dressy jumpsuits, or they come out in a blouse with the heels. They come in with their hair and makeup done and everything else, where... It's like it's okay and accepted for the men to not have to step it up a little bit. Whereas even though the women have senior titles and or, you know, even higher than that, they're still showing up differently. It's like they still have to do a little bit extra to prove their worth. Have to or is that the trend? No, I think they have to, especially in the tech world, because I think that they it's like that extra layer of authority Interesting. Okay. I mean... Because if they came out in a hoodie and jeans and, like, you know, spoke, like, the um, amazing software engineers that we know or that we've met and, you know, are are casual and they work from home and that sort of thing, I think for a guy to do that is one thing. But I think if a female was to do that and not to, you know, completely uh, just separate genders here, it's just for the sake of this discussion, we recognize that there are... Uh, different genders, and I just want to make sure that everybody understands that we are inclusive and diverse and definitely, for sure, respectful. Um, But for the ones that show up and identify as females, if they were to come in in a hoodie, rocking Air Jordans and, you know, jeans, I think that that section would either be dismissed because people wouldn't take them seriously, or that would be a topic of conversation more so than what they're speaking about. Hmm. Interesting. It's a, I think it's an interesting point of view. Um, I'd have to see more of it. In, it's not a point of view. It's a fact. <laughs> I'd have to see more of it in practice. And, you know, that's fine. I think if we go back to what we were, like, I'll take my left turn and, and do it in reverse. <laughs> if we go back around the corner and think about um, the dress code in general and just let's start from leadership. Or, you know, somebody that's in a leadership position or maybe just a hierarchical position, um, 
one of the things that we used to talk about in one of my uh, previous roles all the time as as an organization is that if you went to a doctor and this doctor comes into the room and their lab coat or their white coat is all wrinkled um, or, you know, like they're a mess. They look like they've been sweating all day. They look like, they, you know, they still have blood stains and throw up on them from like the previous person. You know, they look like a Grey's Anatomy intern and they're coming in to <laughs> help you. Um, how comfort, how comfortable and how confident would you feel in them based on their appearance? Because that's the first impression from somebody who's paying you to take care of you. Um, yeah, and I'd, I'd love to say... In this moment, I want to say I've seen House, and I love House. So if somebody came in and they're they were all a mess and scruffy and whatever, that um, I'd be very comfortable. But now I think, what if it was you? If it was you, and we were, you know, and I'm talking to a doctor, and they're telling me that they're going to do something medical to you, and they're all, scru- I I wouldn't be. Well, see, there that goes back to the reputation, right? So Steve Jobs had a reputation, and you've already seen the products that he's come out with and understood his intelligence and what he's he brought to the world. So him coming out in jeans and a black turtleneck made it so that he wasn't the focus. It was the product that was the focus. I'm not going to wear anything brand name. I'm not going to wear anything that says I love Apple, you know, like anything um, – And it's not like, you know, he and I discussed this and he told me that was his thought process. (laughs) But when you look at people um, that already have contributed to the industry that they're in or have contributed and proven that their results are there, they tend to start tapering down their look because it's not about them. It's about what they're contributing. Mm -hmm. Right. And they don't have anything that they have to prove. Um, However, a slightly different example would be like Mark Zuckerberg. He started out very casual. Mark never like was out there in a, a black suit and a tie all the time promoting Facebook and everything else. He always had a similar style of a plain t-shirt, jeans, and just keeping it simple because he knew what he had. He had like the product it, and it wasn't about him. It was about the product. So he didn't want to stand out. Um But I think about people that are trying to break into an industry or um, leadership that aren't that may be in roles that aren't as prolific as, you know, a couple that we mentioned. And in that sense, um, do you have to dress for the job that you want or the job that you have? So as a leader, do it. If I'm your leader, which I am in the household, but however, if I'm your leader in... He's shaking his head right now. (laughs) In an arena that is not the household, um, and we don't know each other in the sense that we do now, whereas we haven't said I do, um, (laughs) would you expect me to look differently than the employees around us to establish that I am leadership? Like, do, does my dress code have to uh, represent my title? Um, the easy answer to me is yes. Um, that's, the, that's the short answer. And I, I lean on leaders not asking their employees to do anything that they wouldn't do. So if you expect your uh, direct reports to be pressed 
then you should be pressed. If you expect them to be dry cleaned, and I'll let you guys know the sound you just heard was our dog shaking her head in disapproval of wrinkled clothes. <laughs> so, but yeah, anything, if you want the clothes to be dry cleaned for your team, even if you're not customer facing or if you're not somebody who's out in public, if you spend all your time in the office, you should have the exact same standard for yourself. Okay, so then as a leader of that team, I, I'm setting the standard for the team of, you know, at least I'm uh, doing what I expect the team to do. I get that. But if I am ambitious in a sense of, no, I want that corner office with the window, should I up my game even more to impress for that and to demonstrate that I can uh, be in a role like that because I can afford diamonds. I don't like, I'm trying to tie it back to what this uh, DJ was saying about the rap industry. And it's like, the more I talk about it, the more insane it sounds because, you know, I get if you're trying to keep an image of that industry, but I don't think that there's an expectation of, um, like it makes me think of office space, right? And how Jennifer Aniston was expected to wear flair and she had to have an ex- a specific amount of pins on her suspenders at the restaurant she worked at that reminds you of TGI Wednesdays because um, <laughs> I'm not going to say the name of the place. And, um, you know, Thanks. orange bees, <laughs> like combined. Um and, you know, the manager would go up to her and be like, uh-oh, you're missing some flair. And she's like, okay, I'm not going to work here anymore. You know, like, are you serious? Um, so, like, is that what's required? Like, it, you have to wear at least uh, a classy watch, a ring on a finger, whether you are in a relationship or not, so that it looks like you know how to commit and that you're stable in that sense. Uh, bracelets, you know, and represent in a certain amount of necklaces the nice and cufflinks yeah right or the tie clips you know mm-hmm. the um like how many pieces of flair do you need for the job that you want or the job that you have and who's deciding that that's necessary like do you if if i think as a leader if you look at i'm getting really passionate if you look at somebody and you're like oh i think they're great for the job because look at all the way that they sparkle with their jewelry and their shoes they got the brand name with the red bottoms and you know like absolutely they're going to be a great representation to just sit in the boardroom and not say a word because they just look great like then you are in the wrong position because you are hiring for the wrong reasons and clearly you're not paying attention to the people that you have that have talent yeah, it's an unfortunate thing. Or um, I mean, not to say that the person with the red bottoms doesn't have talent, but you're not even giving them a chance to it's shine. Just, it's not a good thing to look at. I mean, it's is it important to have an attention to detail and not show up to an interview with ketchup on your on your shirt? Well, I don't know, because think of like the story from The Pursuit of Happiness. Like, granted, that was a movie, right, with Will Smith, but it was based on a true story. So he's showing up and he doesn't have the right clothing for the role but it was how what he spoke about mm-hmm. and the talent that he displayed that got him into the stock industry. But what I'm saying, like, the unfortunate thing is that today people tie the appearance to the performance. Um, it sucks. It really does. Um, not not all industries are like that and not all companies are like that. And um, 
I'd like to think that business is evolving to where as long as you're not looking, um, I would say, as long as you look decent. And by decent, I mean you don't have to be in a, in a three-piece suit to, you know, to be a, a middle manager or above. But then depending on the background of the person that's deciding decent – that may change. It may be a three-piece suit that's decent to them, whereas a tux might be more suitable. You know what I mean? I think appearance shouldn't... It shouldn't play as much of a role as it does, The insofar as it should only play a role to show that you... Respect the role that you're in. Yeah. You're not... I mean, to, to go... To go to use the pursuit of happiness example, he's like one in a million. You're not gonna find too many people that go in. And I think there was one line where he's like, "Oh, uh, if if somebody walked in and they weren't wearing like a the right shirt, what would you? Oh, that they better have a really nice pair of pants." Not a lot of people can think of saying stuff like that off the top of their head, but there are so many stories of people who have really good performance. They bring a lot of really good ideas to the role. They understand what the next job indicates. They've studied up. They know all their stuff. But they're not wearing the right... They don't have the right the right look to fit in. Mm-hmm. And then they don't get the job, even though they're way overqualified on the performance aspect. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're, if you're kind of mid-level, you know, like you're not... Quite performing. Maybe your appearance can get you a little, a few extra brownie points because you you care. But I think that right now the importance is placed on the appearance, and the and performance also the, comes after that. But also, based on what you're saying, it also comes with the role that you play, because you were saying if you're like middle management or here, you can get away with that. Whereas in different roles, know that there's you got to step your game up. I mean, like if you saw, okay, so let's say I'm the chief operating officer of XYZ company, right, that you work for, and I stroll up in my car, which happens to be like, I don't know, uh, I'm terrible with cars. They're a box on wheels. As long as it drives, I'm good. But let's say it's a 2004 Ford Bronco. Okay. And it's like, you know, like a little clunky you know, mm-hmm. as it drives. It's a little like when you open the door. Um, you got the, you got the, you got to spin the. You got to crank the window. Yep. Um, I, I have maps in my uh, little like you know, um, what's the, the glove compartment because I can't hook up my phone to the stereo <laughs> to hear ways tell me which way to go. Would that change your impression of me as your leader? If you were the CEO, no. COO. COO? No. Why not? Because it would only it would only feed my cognitive bias if the company was doing bad. Like if you if there was a, an earnings report that I said, "Oh, we dropped XYZ amount of places, our stock is suffering, yada yada yada." Then I'd look at that person and say, "Oh. Well, obviously, look what the car they drive." But if we did an earnings report where we smashed sales records, I'd say, oh, they're quirky. They've got, and, and this is this would be like a genderless kind of judgment. It mm-hmm. would be, 
they're quirky. They're saving up their money. They That's the car they like. Maybe it was a car that was a family car and they want to keep it, you know, running or whatever. You think employees all think that way and all have access to earnings calls? Well, access for the most... I mean, if you work for a public company, then yes, you have access. Do you or have listen interest? to them. Right. Interest or do they genuinely sit there and say... All right, I'm going to get on this call. Um, no, I don't think most of them have interest. I also don't think a lot of them have um, access to the calls. They might have access to the information afterwards, but when it's like the, the conference call, there's a certain amount of people on that call. Yeah, I mean, that's depending on the company. So, Like for really big companies. Like if you're, Facebook has a pretty public earnings call. Absolutely, yeah. And you're going to hear it on CNBC or whatever. Um, if you're looking for that information and you're paying attention. But however, you know, you're working at the company and let's say you don't have the ability to see that information mm-hmm. or you're, you've just never been interested in that information. You come to work, do your job. Like our one of our last episodes, you go to work, do your job, you do the standard and then you leave. But you just happen to see on your lunch break that me as the COO that I'm driving this like station wagon looking Ford Bronco 2004 um, representing the company. Is there an opinion that gets formed from that? I think you're bringing up a really good point in that, like for me, me personally, I don't care. Like this is just me, Jeff, saying I see that. I probably don't even notice. But... The re- I think the reality is most employees do care. It's kind of it, it leads us to a little bit of a chicken or egg conversation. But now, as I'm saying, oh, you know what? It really sucks that employees get judged on their appearance. Those same employees are judging the appearance of the people above them as well. Well, at the same time, because you think about it, and you know, one of my first thoughts, even saying it, is. Do I want to stay with a company that even at that level I can't afford a car that's not eighteen years old? Does that is that the impression that you get though? Like you get an impression that the COO can't afford a nice car. That would be my first impression, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because I think um, that industries have created this stereotype of um, at a certain level. That you're supposed to have X, Y, Z. And if I'm in that um, employee mindset, yes, that's one of the first things I see is like, well, damn, you know, like what's, I don't think, oh yeah, they inherited the car that was like their (laughs) great grandfather's that he absolutely loved and worked so hard for. And you know, that, that it has a sentimental value. Now me personally, I'm just a curious person. So I'm going to go up to the COO and I'm going to be like, you know, personally, I like Ford and don't come for me. I like Ford. It's been sentimental in my family. Okay. (laughs) So I might start up a conversation and say, you know what? I I tend to like Ford's too. What year is yours? And start a conversation to gain understanding of, um, you know, how come you're not rocking the Benz? (laughs) I wouldn't say that because I'm, you know, I, you know what my preferences are as far as cars go. Um, but I I might just gain understanding a little bit of, okay, is that the case? Or, and I don't know if this person's going to tell me. I don't know what relationship I have at that point with them. This is just all a hypothetical. But I would want to know. I want to know. 
times are hard, inflation's hard, the company's going down, you know, is this person going to have a breakdown in front of me? Or are they going to say, yeah, you know, like, Uncle Joe, like, you know, passed it on to me and I just can't let it go. And Or, you know, I borrowed it from my husband because he was going to take my car to do this and this is just like, you know, the one we're saving for our son. And I'm sitting there like, oh, you don't want to keep your son safe? Okay. Like, you know, that I get to... I'm just kidding. But, you know, I get to learn a little bit more and, and start up a rapport with somebody it's instead of hanging out at the water cooler talking about, yo, did you see what this person rolled up in? Like, what's going on with the company? They can't even take care of their own people? Like, I thought there were perks to the role. And so let me take it to a different perspective, okay? Um, I've been in a position where I was um, with people and our leader told us that wherever we are, we had to be the best dressed in the room. We always had to up our game, like brand names, look, appearance. We needed to stand out, um, not only in our performance, but in our appearance. And uh, it should never be questioned what our role is in a room full of people. Okay. Now I have a friend who um, was in the same industry as I was, and she just naturally, that's what she gravitated towards. That was her lifestyle. She loves to um, have brand luxury name things. Uh, That's what she, I mean, she has no problem affording them. She loves to look, you know, a certain way. That's her style. She loves being trendy. She loves being, you know, um, having all that, those things, right? And so when she would go into her place of business um, dressed as she loves to dress, not dressing for a job to impress, not dressing for the job that she has to impress, her uh, leader actually came to have a conversation with her and told her she needs to take it down in her appearance because it intimidates the team and the other employees. Um, based on how she looked, she she looked unapproachable because of how, um, I guess it was considered flashy. And it wasn't that she was trying to be flashy. It was, like I said, her style and what she had at home. But to For all the, we know, she could be getting it off the rack and not really like... Right, yeah. Or like, you know, vintage shops or like mm-hmm. a consignment shop or whatever. Like nobody knows where it was purchased from. It could have been handed down to her from Uncle Joe again. I don't know. But whatever it was, the impression was is that she was unapproachable and that she was not um, in tune with her teams because they weren't rocking the same stuff that she was because they were at a different level where their finances couldn't bring it in, not understanding who knows if her finances were bringing it in. Like nobody had that conversation. The crazy thing is she's an amazing leader and great to talk to and easy to talk to. So like it just boggles my mind that that would be something that would freeze somebody in talking to them because it's intimidating. Um, The same way that, uh, turtleneck and jeans on a first impression may stop me from taking somebody seriously. It's like either somebody's too serious or somebody's not serious enough. So which is the just right porridge in this kind of scenario? You know, I that's a fantastic question. I think my first statement stands. I think how you show up for the job interview when you're hired based on that, I think that's at least the standard that you continue at, in that position, in that role. Mm -hmm. When I was, um, when I became a a leader of a store, you know, I was still very green in my leadership skills. 
um, especially for the people that I had in the team that I was working with. And the team dressed really nice. Um, there was never an issue with dress code with them. There was never something that I had to like, you know, have a conversation with somebody because they were either showing too much or, you know, um, they weren't wearing what was specified or that's that sort of thing. I think it was more me that I had to work on because I was more, I think, of a tomboy in a sense, uh, you know, especially in my teenage years before my 20s. So going into a different field for me, I had to, you know, I, I took note of things. I observe before I make judgments and I observe and I learn from my environment and I grow. That's that's what I do. So I would pay attention to what people were wearing every day. And I started to change my game, especially now that I was in a leadership role. I was like, OK, I at least have to, you know, make it to their standard because that's what they're expecting. And, and really, it was a team that decided that I would be their leader. They, that's a whole other story. So I started to change my game and then I had fun with it. You know, I started to enjoy changing my look up and playing around with different looks and deciding, okay, what's my look going to be, right? Because um, I can dress like this employee over here all the time and I could wear dresses all the time or I could dress like this one or I could do this or how do I combine it and make it my own and how do I create like a theme for the shop and that sort of thing. And so then I started changing up my style and I found, hey, you know, I found a whole bunch of dresses that I absolutely adored and they made me feel good. And if you feel good, you look good and you start to have better days, right? You know, it's like you're creating your own first impression for yourself. When I started to upgrade myself, just for me personally, the team started to upgrade themselves. So now like everything changed, even though I never required them to. I just, like you said, with that that one manager, you kind of expect them to set the standard that everybody, you know, <coughs> rises up to. And so, you know, we started to get compliments from customers. Like, this team always looks so good. Like, where did you get this? Where did you get that? And then we became the team to go to for, like, fashion advice on everything <laughs> else. Like, aside from the great work that everybody did and, you know, how amazing the, the team is and was. Um, so I think leadership always sets the tone um, and they can set, depending on their influence with the team and the relationships that they have with the team, when they're really good, the team notices little things and they want to reflect your leadership in their performance and in what they do. So that when you're not in there, you still have like an aura of being there. Like you could still tell like, oh, hey, that's Tiffany's team. Like you could see, not that they didn't have their own identities, but you can see that they, like we were a team and it was just because it happened organically because we had those relationships and we all wanted to just elevate each other. Um, That's good. I think. <laughs> that's good. Good no, talk. <laughs> no, it's. That's a wrap, folks. <laughs> it does. It does jump. Um some thoughts into my head about just things that I, I don't normally think about or notice. Um, like I, one thing that I was thinking about while you're telling me that is that it is different when you're in a, in a store in a place where the customers come in. Mm -hmm. It's, it's also different if you're like selling clothing or in a beauty kind of, um, environment because you don't want to look, you know, not kept. You want to look like you're a stylist, not like you need one. Yeah. <laughs> so in the same in the same vein, there are a lot of other places where 
you know, a real estate agent used to have a certain look, right? Uh, or somebody who's selling you stocks used to have a certain look. But... Especially for the pictures that hang on somebody's front lawn. Yeah. Like, you don't want to hang out in, like, a baseball cap and, you know, like a t-shirt talking about, you know, come see Sally, you know, to sell your home. And, you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) especially, you know, for the higher priced homes. Yeah. And same with, like, insurance and and places like that. And, And you're starting to see, like, more and more, especially, like, when newer companies come up. If you see a new real estate company, you might see a lot of people dressed very casually. So that's, I think, to attract the customer that is in that area of wanting to purchase a home, right? Because usually the age groups that um, that they would dress for previously already have a home. They've already, like, they're either in retirement or they're, yes. like, midway through their mortgage or whatever the case may be. But so that's not their customer anymore. Their customer is the ones looking to buy their first home, and that's a different age group. But then I think about how... And it could be intimidating if they're dressed up, and you have somebody who's 20 going to somebody... It's almost like I'm dealing with mom trying to sell me a home. You know, like they get that parental kind of feel. Sorry, just like tied it together. (laughs) But But then I think about how you're telling me that not just in your case, but a good leader will influence their team to move up. So if I reverse that, would a bad leader, no matter what they're dressed as, not do that influence? Is that a, is that a good benchmark? No, I don't think so. I think it could have a, a interesting effect in where the team might think the next time my leader's boss comes in, um, like I'm going to be, I'm going to make sure I'm on point because I know that I could do better than that leader. I think it's going to change the mindset of like, they don't care. This person doesn't care. They're coming in. They're not showing up. Like if I have to call them over to help me because there's somebody that wants to speak to a manager, I'm calling over my best friend, Susie, because she looks on point. I'm not going to be embarrassed by this person coming up in like yoga pants with a hole in him. And you know, like, uh, a, Bon Jovi t-shirt, nothing wrong with Bon Jovi, just saying if it's still from when Bon Jovi came out and you're rocking that with yoga pants, I'm not going to have you talk to a customer and have them think that this is a, a serious store. Or something right. Like and like, think like, are you serious or did you just bring another customer over to talk to me? <laughs> you know, like it's not going to look like um, anybody's taken seriously. So I think it's, it would change things um, still in the same I think the behaviors would change, but it would be in a negative influence versus a positive one. So the aura of it is not going to feel the same. It's not going to feel like a team. It's not going to feel like they're all in it together. It's going to feel like it's us against them. And somebody's got to rise up and take charge because this one can't do it. And so that's a little different in like the revolting, not revolting. Like, what am I trying to say? Like revolution mm-hmm. <laughs> um, versus hey, like, go team, go. And the cheerleader pyramid where everybody rises and raises each other up. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, what are the takeaways here as far as um, appearance at work? What I know we we talked a lot about how the things are and how we'd like them to be, but is there a should here? Like, how should they be? Well, I think... 
anybody in a leadership position should think of anybody else as customers, whether they are customers that are coming in to purchase things or they're your employee, that you should still treat them like your customers in order to retain them and uh, have them feel like they're valued and that what they contribute to the organization is valued and that you look forward to seeing them every day and that you are the manager that they can call over for help and that they do feel uh, like the first impression is one that they want to maybe aspire to be. I think as a leader myself that I, I would always want my team to aspire to go from great to greater, right? And not that the dress code has to follow that, but I want them to feel that I respect their journey and that I'm taking it seriously. And it starts from the moment I wake up to the moment that I leave at the end of the day. And that includes, but is not just secluded to, my appearance, my communication, my instructions, my team player, you know, uh, how I participate with them, how I lead them, how I teach them, um, how we all work together and how consistent that is. If I show up one day like this and then the next day I'm like this and then another day I'm like this and I'm like a hot mess, everything else is going to fall in line with that. My planning is going to be a hot mess. My communication is going to be a hot mess. They're going to think that, you know, I'm not sure which way she's going on this. Now, the question that I would put back to you is, what if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have a team yet? Would representation of yourself start from day one or do you build up to a brand or do you dress that way every day, whether you're at home working or whether you're going out to the store to get groceries because you never know who you're going to run into. Like, does it always have to apply for when you're clocked in or does it, um, like, can you clock out and just run up to the store real quick with your hair, like, you know, a hot mess and yesterday's eyelashes on? Well, you wouldn't have to worry about that, but you know what I mean? Like, can you go ahead and, and rock your sandals and stuff and not have to worry about your off days. I think it depends. I think it depends on what kind of entrepreneur you are. If you're an entrepreneur that has a product that nobody else has, like you invented an algorithm that tells everybody exactly when to buy groceries and when to leave their house so that there's no line, then dress however you he want. He just gave everybody an idea. You better jump on that. Yeah, jump on that. Um, <laughs> you, you can dress however you want because... You could be dressed in, you know, bummy shorts and a tank top with no sleeves that has stains on it. And somebody's going to line up and say, wait, does this thing work? Yeah, I'm going to give you money. But if you're an entrepreneur that has what you consider to be a good idea, but you haven't shown it to the world yet. And I'm going to include that algorithm in there because sometimes you have a great idea like that. But... People don't know about it, and they don't know that it's a good idea. Then you have to consider that, and you have to consider your audience, because if you show up looking a certain way, you know, I picture like you know, to talk about Mark Zuckerberg, I picture Justin Timberlake saying, "Oh, just walk in there and act like you don't care, and then leave." But sometimes you only get that one meeting; you don't get that call back later that says, "I want to give you money." 
So then you kind of negated your own statement because if you have that algorithm and people know about it and you show up in that shirt with the stains on it, there's always going to be somebody that you haven't met that hasn't know, learned about your algorithm. So it, that imp- that person's getting that impression of you. Well, that's why I say know your audience because if I have that algorithm, me, everybody's going to know about it. I'm a loudmouth. Everybody's going to know I have it. Everybody knows, is going to know that it's the greatest thing on earth. Everybody's going to know that if you don't join up right now, you're going to miss the boat. And if you're looking at my ripped jeans and you're not looking at the algorithm, that's on you. I'm not coming back around. But how would they see the algorithm from you grocery shopping? How would they know you are the one that created that algorithm and they should talk to you so they can learn how to get the app? If you have an app, like, I mean, we're, we're going to go into a, a direction of like entrepreneurship, but hopefully you have a focus group, you have a proof of concept, you have all of the things that in your circle or in the circles of that industry will perk ears up because people talk and say, hey, Jeff has this app that does A, B, and C. I tested it. I beta tested it for a few weeks and it is on point. It saved me this much time or this much money or this much whatever. And if you have that, people, you know, that will make its rounds. Now, if you just have it because you tested it and you wrote it in, you know, in your office and you haven't done anything, then you really haven't done the due diligence. That's really on you. Like, study a little bit of business 101 and how to network, et cetera, et cetera. Now, by the time somebody hears about this awesome thing, the uh, the thing that tells you exactly when to leave to get the cheapest gas or whatever it is, if it's that good an idea, what you, what you look like doesn't matter. It really doesn't. But the reality is that not, that's like 1% of ideas. Well, the, the other thing is, is that I don't know that I agree with you. Well, I know that I don't agree with you. So here's why, though, because... If you take it back to um, the real estate, right? And we were talking about real estate agents and they're getting a little more casual than what we know them because we're from the 1900s. So we understand. (laughs) And we also have a lot of uh, realtors in our family. So we understand that there's been a change in the trends for how realtors approach their clients because clients change. Now, if our point was that realtors are dressing more casually to address their new clients and what they're looking at in the world. There's not a house store that they're going to go to where they're going to meet all these potential clients. And they could say, Oh, Hey, you're looking at aisle three in that house all the way on shelving number seven. And you know, they have to look a certain part to be a realtor. There, there's not a place for them to do that. So if I'm a realtor and I go to Walmart for, uh, you know, groceries or whatever. And I'm picking out some things for Halloween and whatnot. Um, if I bump into somebody or I have conversation with them and they happen to mention that they're in the, the market looking for a home or looking to sell their home yet, I look like a hot mess. Should I be, I think I should be dressing differently because I never know who I'm going to run into, whether I've been in the industry for years or whether I'm just starting out as a new realtor. I think my presence on my professional social media mm-hmm. needs to be branded. I think that I have to expect the unexpected. And that's part of the role because I'm looking for customers more than they are looking for me. Correct. And so I think I think that we're 
we're talking two sides of the same coin, which is if you're a real estate agent, we live in an area where there's dozens of real estate agents. Like in a five mile radius of me, I probably run out of fingers and toes counting real estate agents. Um, so they're going to compete for my business. You look good. If I go into a clothing store dressed in a bathrobe and boxers, and I have a little box that has a button on it, and I press that button, and every single piece of clothing that's in the wrong spot, bibbidi-boppidi-boos its way onto the rack <laughs> that it's supposed to. Okay, hold on. I'm really impressed that you know bibbidi-boppidi-boos, because that's kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> I'm thinking of the, yeah. And two, that's the second idea you're throwing out to the team right now, just Throwing that out there. So he's giving away freebies, folks. These yeah, don't don't even credit me if go bibbity bobbity boo something. <laughs> yeah. But if if I do that in front of the, the manager or the purchasing person of the store, they don't remember my bathrobe anymore. They just know, oh my God, you press a button and all the stock goes back where it's supposed to. But are you always walking around with that device when you gotta run out and get milk for the family? I'm giving you an extreme scenario, but like but we're talking every day, you know, like but people it, like us. But to to talk about like when we brought up um, the pursuit of happiness, mm -hmm. he walked around with that machine. Mm -hmm. It was the last one. But he that's had not to the sell. industry he was going in with. I know, but it was the last one he had, and even still, he carried it, even though it was. But he the failed industry. at it. No, I mean he ended up selling that last one. Yeah, but then there was nothing after that. Correct, but what I'm saying is, he sold it even without the the whatever. So what I'm saying, the, my point is, you have to know your audience. So if, if you're in demand, and so to use your real estate scenario, let's say you have all, you're the only real estate agent in town, and you have all the listings. There's no other real estate agents. You want to buy a house, you come to me. See, that's the thing. You start losing, because keep in mind, you could be the top real estate agent, right? You had all those clients. How often are they buying a house? They're not buying a house every year. So I didn't say top. I said only. Okay. So let's say you're the only one, right? People can still do other counties and figure out if there's like a friend that's a realtor in another county or mm -hmm. something like that. So you still have to earn clients no matter what. And I, I used to tell this to people all the time, like, if you're in a service industry where you have to um, maintain like a clientele, you want to treat the repeat clients the same day, the same way that you did on day one that you are doing five years later, just like you want to show up for work like you did at your job interview. So what do you guys think? We want to bring it to the audience. What are your thoughts about getting judged at work? Um, for how you're dressed. All you have to say is Tif Tiffany's right. That's it. Yeah. Just comment yeah. Tiffany's right. Comment Tiffany's right. <laughs> um, if you think that Tiffany's right. Not if, if when you think. If you think that you're on my side, comment Don't Jeff's wrong. Don't do it. <laughs> so the two choices are Tiffany's right or <laughs> Jeff's wrong. Um, but yeah, give us your give us your thoughts on dress codes at work. Uh, tell us your stories. Do you have you had any uh, experiences with work where you felt that um, the your... commentary was inappropriate. Did a, a leader uh, make an inappropriate comment about your dress code or yeah. say something that was more personal than it was business related? We want to hear about it. Yeah. Or if you um, feel that your dress, your manner of dress either helped or hurt 
your career. Mm. Tell us, uh, tell us all about that. And where would they tell us that? It would be on TikTok at the underscore io underscore shrink. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Bye.